Let's get ready to rumble! Hi, everybody! Welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, this podcast that does bad Dr. Nick impressions from The Simpsons, and also <laughs> and also ask that question, Netflix or cinema, where are you going to spend your coin? Where are you going to spend your money? Where are you going to spend your time? Because now and now, as I grow older, I'm realizing films take a lot of time to watch. My name is Tosin, and I am your host, and I am based up in Coventry, near, well, near Coventry in the Midlands, and joining me, I get that wrong every week, and joining me on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. How are you guys doing this week? Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm much more relaxed last yeah. week. You were a bit it, hyper, weren't you? I was sort of hyper, but then I went to sleep, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, so, I mean, I think what it was, was it, it was such a watch, it was weird, wasn't it? I was like one of those manic, I don't know what they call yeah. them, but they call them manic super depressants. And then because we went to quiz straight That's after right, last yeah. week, and I think, yeah, you were like... You'd like being given a shot of adrenaline, hadn't yeah, you, yeah, before yeah. you've got Yeah, there. so I, I, was, I wasn't on sort of top form last week. I was a bit odd. <laughs> I, think. I, have, I, have, I have odd days, you know, toes in my arm. Uh, I, I, have, I have noticed that. I mean, there have been times that you've walked in and you've like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Let's go. What are we doing? What are we doing? Good. Finish this thing. Finish this thing. i got to go. <laughs> <laughs> there have been times when you have done that. We have done that. And yeah. let's be honest, there's some times when we could do with a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so I think... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm like the horde out of glass. I think you know, <laughs> oh, not quite so many people. Just oh, between oh please, please no, Sean. Please no. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the horde here. I mean, James McAvoy still gives me sort of like you know bad dreams each time I think about him in either Split or Glass. So yeah, so yeah. Please, please no. <laughs> but, okay, okay. But um, Patricia today. So what was that? Um, Sean has to be Patricia today Patricia. rather than... Oh, yeah, I'll be, I could be, <laughs> be Patricia. Yes. Okay, I'll be Patricia. I'll be all smart and nice and okay, if hold my arms and say, if, oh, my goodness. If you're listening to this, tell us how many... Uh, tell, tell us which character or which personality you think Sean has this week. This could, be, this could become like a regular feature. What personality <laughs> has Sean shown up with this week? <laughs> all right, so... Um, uh, yes, uh, we are going to ca- crack on with our usual thing. We're, we're, today we have three rounds, three rounds of Netflix cinema. So we're going to go cinema, movie, thing we've seen on Netflix. We're going to rate things out of five. We're going to take an average, and at the end, we're going to tell you who it is that we think has won this week Netflix or cinema. Now, um, Sharon, going from last week, where you were kind of like our Netflix and Friends um, correspondent, in which you had seen everything we spoke about on Netflix. I've seen everything, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, we've had a bit of a change this week, haven't we? Yeah, I haven't seen anything apart from one episode of Sky Portrait Artist of the Year. That is my sum wow. viewing for this week. And I love that, I have to tell you, love that. And I've been for cinema once to see a film that you've already reviewed, um, Jojo Rabbit. Well, you could, give us a, you could give us a very, very yeah. quick resume of that, I think. To see yeah, 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 yeah. What I did you think? I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, yeah, I thought they got the characterisation right of the two boys and suddenly these little little boys sort of thrust into the weir market. It's just yeah. weird. But it's a weird film, isn't it? And it's it sort of, if you didn't know it to be true, you would believe, you'd, you'd want to look it up and go, did that really happen? Did they really throw sort of Hitler youth into the front lines? And yeah. they actually did. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and it's funny, it's tragic, it's heartbreaking. It's, yeah, it 
it's unique. It's unlike, apart from maybe the odd Wes Anderson. I think there were hints of <coughs> Wes Anderson in there sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you could be right, definitely. Apart from hints of Wes Anderson in there, um, I think, yeah, it's quite unlike you know, much I've seen at all before. So, yeah, but I really enjoyed it. But my only gripe was, and this was down to cinema etiquette, Oh, yeah. I went to see it at a, quite a small cinema screen on the island, one of the smaller ones. And so there's no getting away from anyone, is there? You're no. all very close together. And the couple, the family behind me seems to have a bottomless pit of rustling bags. <laughs> just, they just seem to rustle for the... And I don't just mean through the trailers and through the adverts <laughs> at the beginning. They rustled through the entire oh, film. What that, it detracts, doesn't it? Definitely. And I was... Every time I think, I think, oh, they must have finished that popcorn by now, I then heard this muttered conversation, would you like some Maltesers? <laughs> rustle, rustle, crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> and then, again, it started all over again. So I must admit, I... I probably would have enjoyed the, the film more had I not had the bad cinema etiquette mm. around me. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was in a cinema screen. It felt like I was eavesdropping on someone's Saturday sure. night television, like Gogglebox. Sure. You know, I felt like I was not in a, a public so. place, but I was in somewhere that these family were like thinking, this is my space and you're just <laughs> intruding on it. Yeah. Because you know, they certainly behave like it was their space and not a shared one. <laughs> Well, you see, now that's the thing. I've spoken to a couple of people. Like when I've mentioned the fact that I do this podcast and it's called Netflix versus Cinema, I've spoken to a couple of people and they end up saying things along the lines of, oh, I'm not going to the cinema anymore. Other people, they're annoying. Why don't you just stay at home? Netflix, you don't have to worry about anybody, any other buddy, you rustling anything. But it's, it, it is, I think, it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like the best thing about the cinema is the communal experience and the worst thing about the cinema is the communal experience. So yes. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. It. it can be sometimes it can be completely immersive and you're sharing that yeah. sort of wonder of uh, an experience like when we went to see 1917. You got the feeling that this was like a collective, yeah, sort of moment of like, wow, what have we just seen? And then other times you can feel the irritation of everyone in the room. They're all like fidgeting about slightly, yeah. thinking, will you be quiet? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like. So it's, yeah, you can, yes. That's it. Yeah, like I said, like I said, uh, I mean, for me, one of my one of my favorite cinema experiences of last year was going to see Blue Story with a whole with a cinema full of of essentially young black people, and that for mm. me was be it was just kind of like one of these things where like a joke is made, and because it comes from that culture, everybody just sort of laughs and everybody shares in it. It's almost kind of like you're looking over, going, yeah, 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 I got that too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we get that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, get and, that reference. Yeah, and, and that's great, and you don't get as much of that as oh, what, not immediately with watching something on Netflix. So, but then again, people with your bags and your rustling, that's when they need to get rid of plastic bags in cinemas. Replace everything with, I don't know, like a wooden bowl. They, because yes. <laughs> it's like you get your yeah. popcorn in but a wooden like the, bowl. Yeah, popcorn in a paper bag. And I know, it's you stupid, think, isn't it? What, you know, lunatic <laughs> thought that up? As for me, the reason I haven't seen as much as I would normally is I've been watching the football this week and I watched the... I watched some football last week, uh, yesterday, last night. So. Oh, yeah. I because there's, there was any on. But, there's oh, midweek good. games. Yeah, it's not football. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I was, I, I normally I would have gone to uh, uh, the cinema on a Tuesday, yeah. but I just thought, oh, it's a game on. So I watched the football. Yeah. So. Uh, and, uh, so, yeah, we're a bit thin, thin we're on the ground thin this on the week. ground today. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, right? One of these weeks um, coming up, and because we're a film podcast, we really should talk about like the Oscar nominations and everything like that. 
I don't particularly want to. I am very, very disappointed. But <laughs> but I guess we should do that. Not today, but I guess at some point we should look at them and talk about what we think about that. So, speaking about Jojo Rabbit, which did quite well at the Oscars. But I don't know. I just, I've just I haven't seen the Oscars. Have they had the Oscars? No, no, no. They're no, no. Oh, ceremony, but oh, they've, named the, oh, they've, they've, they've named the nominations. All right. Yeah, Paul's got, I mean, it's a busy time. Got the Super Bowl as well and the Pro Bowl and <laughs> stuff. Like the American football. American stuff. Mm. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's interesting. I think that we need to have that conversation, don't we, about what we think about whether about representation, whether they, they, the awards should be about representation or they should just be about the film, and whether the two you can do the two you can fulfil both requirements at yeah. the same time. Yeah, that that it, that's, that's a big big conversation. <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's Too big for sort of like five minutes before the. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the we, podcast. We, but, I don't think I think yeah. if if we're going to do that, this podcast is going to be two hours long because. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's a whole heap of things in there, and there, that's when you realize. And uh, uh, okay, let me say one thing. Let me say one thing. Uh, that's what you realize for me, anyway, is that that the, the thing that I love, film and stories and all that kind of stuff. And that's when I realize that all those things that I love are not safe from politics. And mm. that's all I'll say about awards and Oscars, and probably why I am just so not bothered about Oscars this year. But anyway. Mm. Let's get on to talking about films. Now, we are going to talk about... We're going to go to the cinema first. And the first film that we're going to talk about this week is Richard Jewell. Now, this film is out in the UK this weekend. And Sean, I believe you watched it a couple of weeks ago. I watched it earlier. And these were both preview screenings. Cineworld got the preview screening before Odeon. That's all I'm saying. Odeon. Uh Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cineworld got the thing a whole week before Odeon. Odeon, buck up your ideas. What the heck do you think you're doing? (laughs) So, Richard Jewell, um, Sean, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what this film's about? Yeah, I can tell you about this. This is basically about the Atlanta bombings. um, During during the Atlanta Olympics, 96. Atlanta Olympics, yeah, 96. And um, it's a story of Richard Jewell. He's like a a wannabe policeman. And he's like, you know, he likes to think of himself as being this super policeman really friendly with the law in fact i think he, he had a little job but he's a bit overzealous yeah, yeah. he's a bit um and it, he's a bit odd should we say he's a little bit odd he's not your normal you know you wouldn't have him down he's he's slightly overweight and anyway he's he happens to get a security job and his mum's really pleased everything like that and he goes to the security job and it's it's police in the um like they, they've got the stage where they have musicians on and he's he's sort of policing it and it just happens to see this bag and he's a little bit suspicious of it and so he goes and he lets other people know and so they come along they, they sort of come along and they discover that it's it's sort of a bomb and anyway so they move the crowd back they move the crowd they're moving the crowd back away from this bomb and it sort of goes off and so of course they then the FBI become well you, you get this little scene where you've got the ATF and they're saying oh it's our jurisdiction it's our jurisdiction the FBI take it over and then they decide because Richard actually discovered the bomb he is like the prime suspect and then they start to try and find evidence and he's he's, he's had previous jobs before he's been a bit overzealous and mm. they say oh fix the profile fix the profile of the bomber you know alone blah 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 lives with his mum yeah. yeah, and basically they they sort of investigate him, and they I mean personally I don't know what you thought Toes, but they they tried t- to me 
They, they tried to fit him up. They tried, they tried to make to the evidence up. fit him rather than yeah. what the evidence, yeah. where the evidence yeah. led Yeah, them. they tried to fit him so, up, basically. That's the story. And, and um, uh, But anyway... Did so they genuinely believe that he had done it or did they were just desperate to find a body? One of them, one of, one of the persons did. One of the investigators yeah. did, I think. Well, well the, the anyway. thing... Yeah, uh, th- this is funny, right? Because this is essentially a period movie, and I'm getting to the point where they're making movies about things that I actually remember happening <laughs> in, in my youth. Yeah, and, and I'm like, oh, wow, because usually, I mean, when we talk about films on the podcast, Sean and Sean, you guys say, "Oh, you remember when that happened?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I was two. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah, yeah. but now they're making movies about things. We're like, "Oh yeah, I remember 1996. I remember when that bomb went off." And I'm like, "Oh, good lord, what?" Yeah, and so I. I remember that this was a big story uh, at the time. I mean, I was in '96 uh, summer. I was still in Nigeria, so I was. Um, I remember that it was big, but obviously, you didn't hear any all of this stuff. I did not know about, but the fact that this guy's name get he got, he got pasted all over the papers, all over the news stories, as everybody said he is the main suspect. So he had. Mm-hmm. There's a bit in the film where he talks about the fact that my mom got to be proud of me for three days. So for three days, he was this hero who, who spotted this ba- backpack, who spotted this thing, and who, even though I think one person, di- no, two people died from the actual bomb, um, but they said that if he hadn't spotted the bomb and if he hadn't alerted people to it and tried to clear the area, a lot more people would have died. And everything that it, that seems to come about it is kind of like, um, it's, I mean, remember, Sean, you watched uh, The Day Shall Come a, yeah. co- a couple of weeks ago, which is all about the FBI yeah trying to find people and stitch them up in the aftermath of September 11 because they need to find somebody to pin it on. And there is a, yeah. there's a similarity in this, in that they're trying to find somebody to pin it on because the FBI, like the, the way they put it in the film is that one of these guys, he feels, who's played by John Hamm, he feels personally slighted that this happened on his watch. So he wants to catch somebody and he wants to make sure that they get it because... Uh, and so there's an, the way it's put, it's, it, it essentially becomes this media witch hunt. The film is about the media witch hunt of trying to pin this thing on this guy when quite frankly there was almost no evidence this was like just mercy last week this <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of films on this sort of theme where like the american government trying to pin something on somebody who did absolutely no, who had nothing to do with it and it's it's uh and that's what the that's what the film's about it's really kind of like the trial by media that he went through even though quite frankly a lot of the stuff that was being put out there was hearsay yeah so sure. yeah that was yeah, yeah, sorry, Toast. Yeah, uh, I was, was going to say. So this is directed by Clint Eastwood. What did you think about Clint the film? Eastwood? Yeah. Well, I thought it was. Uh, it's quite funny. I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I did have reservations. I sort of was having reservations about this film, um, and but because generally with Clint Eastwood, it's like maximum three takes. You know, and they're very the films. Are, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't muck around too much. He's like, yeah, that'll do. Cut, bang it. You know, um, and there were a couple of moments in there where I thought, oh. That maybe was a little bit. You, you needed you needed another take. You needed another take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Needed needed perhaps needed another take. There were yeah. you know odd moments, but I have to say I think the uh, I thought for most of the way through. Um, who who was the guy who played uh, Paul Walter Hauser, the main character, Walter Hauser? I thought he played this really really well. Yeah. And f- for me, from a personal point of view, I was I was I sort of believed him. I believed that he thought he was some sort of 
you know, he, he did believe that he, he was, was a hero. He was a police thing, yeah. yeah. And he was like, you know, he knew all the stuff. He knew everything well, about everything. Yeah, essentially, he's a police anorak. He's the kind of person who yeah, I think anorak. if you met him in real life, most people would just be annoyed by him because he's overbearing. He's a job's worth. He's he's kind Jobs of worth. yeah. He so. thinks his he thinks his job is way more important than he actually is. He takes everything yeah. really seriously. Like one of the first times you see him, he's he's go, walking around a. Uh, university campus and he's trying university, to arrest yeah. some students for drinking beer in their room and it's so you 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 can see that he has this sort of overbearing thing and he almost has this sort of verbal diarrhea while he starts saying well you know if somebody was going to build a bomb like this I reckon that what they would do first is that they would do this and then they would go over here and they would go to Home yeah. Depot and they would buy this cap that cap and he shows and he says all these things that keep implicating him and then Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. shows up as his lawyer and Sam Rock uh, there's this lovely thing that just keeps pop, popping up and popping up where Sam Rockwell just shut up just shut up yeah, but the thing is the thing is to me is right until even though he's being investigated he still wants to cooperate and up until yeah. a certain point and he still believes they're right and he even says it to he, and even when Sam yeah. Rockwell was always saying don't say anything don't say anything he's still he's like he's like hearing information still yeah. talking because he believes in his heart he believes but that the law is right done it that they'll naturally find and then there comes this one point in the film, which I think is is really really good, and that's the time when he says, "I think I would like to get, get a lawyer." Uh, I think I'd like to get a lawyer. Yeah, that is a good scene. That is I a think good I'd scene. like to get a lawyer, and that is because they are like they are like you know nearly, and he could have quite easily been you know oh do this do this want you to say this sign this say yeah. this blah blah blah, and then he just says oh want you he goes and they you know they say well no it's not um it's not. It's not, uh, you know, nothing really, really mm. important. And he, he has a look at it. Uh, okay, you know, we're, we're almost out of time. We're almost out of time. Oh, okay. So, sure, yeah, sure. Generally, and then what did you think? The of... investigation. Yeah, I really liked this film, actually, to be fair. Um, and, uh, so, but as I say, there were a couple of moments in it which I thought could have done with another take and were a little bit out. So, I mean, I'm going to give this a solid, solid uh, three star. Three star. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Three star. I agree with you. It's, I think it's a three-star film because the thing is, um, mm. Clint Eastwood. Uh, the mo- the older he gets, the more I feel he's a solid director, but not a spectacular one. Like yeah, I w- agree with you on that. Taste. He would tell you mm. a story, and it will be solidly told, and it will be put together, and you will see that A joins to B, joins to C, joins to D, but it will not be spectacular. It will just be like, a, mm. and, and this is the yeah, second. So- mm. so- and, and two, two other things I want to say, Paul Walter, if you've seen the film I, Tonya, because the guy who plays Richard Jewell is an I, Tonya, Paul Walter Hauser, and he plays almost, ex- it's freaky how he plays almost the exact you know, same character. <laughs> Tozin, I was going to say that it is the same, it is the same character, he even looks the same, doesn't he? Well, same, well, well, yeah, it's, it, well it's, a, it's the same actor. But like the way he talks, same actor, yeah. yeah. But there's that's, there's that's this guy in Itonia who thinks that oh yeah, I used to be in the uh, Marines and blah blah blah, <laughs> and I work for the CIA and da, da 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 da, and it's pretty much the same character that he plays here. Like once he friend, when he shows up on screen in this film, I'm like, hang on, isn't that isn't this the character? Not even is, isn't this the actor in Itonia? I was like, isn't this the <laughs> character, character yeah. in Itonia? Because he's exactly the same. And um, yeah, so I, I think that. And the other thing is. You know Kathy Bates. I know we're not talking yeah. about Oscars, but Kathy Bates plays his mum, and Kathy Bates has been nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. What in that film? In this film, yes. Oh, 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's my thinking. That's my thinking. And I, this is what I'm thinking. I'm looking to go. I was watching the whole film and I was thinking, there isn't really much to this character. There isn't really much to this character. I was like. I bet you what's going to happen is that there's going to be one scene where she gets to give a speech and that speech is what they're going to use on Oscar night and be like, and the people are like, oh yeah, oh, that's acting. Give her, give her a nomination. And sure enough, that's <laughs> exactly what happened. And I was like, so that's what I say about it being like, you know, it's solid. It's not spectacular. That it's, it's what Clint Eastwood does. And it's, it seems to be, he seems to have this whole thing where he does an American hero um, who he it's it's almost as if he's criticizing America at the moment. It's like this person should be a hero, but you try to bring him down. Because if you see the film Sully, directed by Clint Eastwood, oh, yeah. it has a very yeah. similar thing. And that this is one of one of his recent films as well, where somebody did he's some done quite a few sort of based on real people films, hasn't he? He's yeah, done yeah, like yeah. Invictus and what was it? American Sniper. So yeah. he's done quite a few, hasn't he? That ba- inspired or based on real people. Yeah, I, I yeah, think he's a staunch Republican, isn't he? Yeah, because that's yeah. the thing. Clint Eastwood is very publicly and very um, famously a Republican. He's a member of the NRA, all that kind of stuff. And in these films, there's this undercurrent of him saying, these are American heroes. We should treat them as American heroes. But no, you guys, the media, you're trying to bring them down. You're yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the me- it definitely shows the media in a bad light. It shows the media in a bad light. And there's been a lot of controversy about Olivia, Olivia Wilde's character in the film, which is why a lot of people reckon that because of the way he portrays her in the film and reading between the lines, it's kind of like, it's almost as if, Clint Eastwood wanted to assassinate the character so there's things that she does that a lot of people have yeah. said that would not have happened that is just and quite frankly the way that that character is, is drawn out is just so basic it's so yeah, it's really, so it really basic is. it really is basic yes yeah, I it, agree totally it's so yeah but anyway anyway sorry anyway Moving anyway, on, moving so on, it'll be on. interesting when you go see Bombshell. I'm looking forward to you seeing that and getting yes. your opinions on that. Yes, uh, we've moved our recording forward, like a podcast recording forward a day. So we're recording on a Wednesday instead of a Thursday. If, if not, I would have seen it, I would have seen it tonight. But, I, but by next week, I should have seen Bombshell, and I'll let you know what I think about that. Um, uh, all right, now, now let's go into Netflix. And we are going to talk about Dolomite Is My Name. This is a... This. a ne- what? Sorry, carry on, Sean. Oh, I was just saying, I actually saw this on, like, you know, like when you flick through the film. Yes. Yeah, and I actually saw Dolomite, and I thought, I mean, I was I'm, I was sorely, sorely tempted, because I quite like Black Klansman, and it looked it looked a bit, I should imagine, was there like a, it was a, like a 70s feel to this movie? Um, well, it, it, essentially, are you talking, were you looking on Amazon Prime, or were you looking on Netflix? I can't remember which one it was, I got them both oh. now, because I had the, I got Amazon for the Okay. Three, okay. All three right. Because because this is the weird thing. This is the weird thing. Dolomite is a film that was made in the seventies. It's in that sort of black exploitation genre and everything like that. Dolomite mm-hmm. is my name. Is a film about the making of Dolomite. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It might be. It might have been Dolomite then. Yes. It might have so, been. Uh, I might have seen it. So, so, so Dolo- I've definitely seen the the thing for it. Yeah, Dolomite yeah. definitely. Dolomite is a Netflix movie. This is Eddie Murphy coming back, and he plays a character. Uh, he plays a, uh, a comedian called Rudy Ray Moore, who is somebody that a lot of black comedians and rappers in in 
in America absolutely love this guy. They call him the godfather of rap because he created this character. Well, he didn't create this character. There's this sort of tradition that they have of storytelling from the South where black people from the South, look, and it's usually older black people will come and they'll tell you these really, really filthy stories all about this character called Dolomite. It's kind of like, you know, when people would tell stories about Br'er Rabbit. And, oh, yeah. So it's a bit like, imagine if Br'er Rabbit was like, you know, really, really filthy mouth. and so he takes down a whole bunch of these stories that these uh, people like this uh, sort of like older homeless um, guys he takes them uh, uh, they tell him the stories and then he goes and he turns it into an act called Dolomite he's been trying to be like you know uh, a TV no not a TV star but like a stage star trying to get into show business and this is the thing that he does that actually takes off and it goes big and all of a sudden he just starts getting he starts getting uh, you know recognition for it and all that and he's finally a success at something but he has to go around the country like you know he, he starts by selling his he records his first comedy album in his living room and he starts going around black neighborhoods around America, selling it out of his trunk, and people are buying it in their droves. Then that lives the record companies who come and want to buy it from him and all that kind of stuff. But then he and that's good. But then he he's he goes to see a film, and uh, he and some of his friends go to see the film, the front page. And he looks up at the cinema and he realizes, hang on, there's all these people here. If I can get up on the screen and if I can make a movie about this Dolomite thing. Then I don't have to go around and bust my bust my butt. I don't have to go everywhere. I I can be everywhere at once. Is the way he puts it. So Eddie Murphy plays Rudy Ray Moore in in this sort of like you know he's sort of like almost like you know at the beginning of the film a bit of a lovable loser, and then it becomes a film all about a gang of people coming together to achieve something that they that they think is beyond them and how he's the driving force for it and all and all the sort of deals that he pulls and everything and it's just such it is a very very sweet film and it's because if you watch the film dolomite if you actually watch dolomite dolomite is objectively a bad film (laughs) dolomite is objectively a terrible film and it's, it's funny because i watched dolomite is my name and then i went to watch dolomite and there's bits where they recreated scenes from Dolomite, and they're so faithful to it, they, they recreate it that it's it it cracks me up as they like how they do the bad acting and the bad thing. I have Wesley Snipes <laughs> who shows up as an who is at that time in the seventies. Obviously, you didn't have a lot of black people being massive, massive stars in movies or in Hollywood. And this guy was one of the he was he played he's a, a character called an actor called Derville Martin who was a, he was in Rosemary's Baby and all that kind of so he had a little bit of of um, success and people knew him for that. And so they offer him the chance to direct this film, which is why he ends up in the film. But the way Wesley Snipes plays him throughout the film, he's just kind of like, so, oh, my God, this is so beneath me. And, <laughs> and it, it is just, it is a very, very, very funny film. It's very well made. Eddie Murphy is on top form. And it's a bit like, do you remember the film The Disaster Artist? Oh, yeah, yeah. So The Disaster Artist is, is a movie made about making a movie, which is the, the Room, the worst movie ever made. And, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. Dolomite is my name has some similarities in that it's a movie about people trying to make this movie. Dolo- but there's another layer in here because it's this film when it came out. As I said, this film is objectively terrible, but it was one of the biggest hits of that year when it came out. And it says a lot about representation. I mean, we're talking about this, Sharon. You were talking about Oscars and all that kind of stuff. That yeah. uh, this film became a massive hit because. For a while, for the first time, black people in America saw themselves up on screen, saw something, and they didn't care if it was terrible. They were like, hey, 
this, <laughs> it's like it's like they didn't get they were like this this represents us this is something that we made it came from us so they did not care if it was bad so, so and and i think that it it just tells a lot it's almost kind of like you know telling hollywood something put people up on screen they want to see themselves it doesn't matter if it's good or bad people will go watch it because it's themselves and it made me think about have you guys ever heard of nollywood yeah, yeah, Nollywood, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Nigerian film industry, which I, I've, yeah. got to be, I've got to be honest with you, a lot of the time with Nollywood, I hang my head in shame because the things are terrible. <laughs> but the- <laughs> I have seen clips of it, and because you think, oh, I'll, you look at the synopsis on the television, you think, oh, I'll watch that. And within 10 <laughs> minutes, you're going, I can't watch this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they are terrible. But people love them. And, it, it, and it's almost, at this film, watching this film almost so... Sort of, taught me something or highlighted something to me is like people watch it because it's something that we made we made it and even yeah. though it's terrible it's our terrible and so that's that's what i would say i mean Dolom- i think it's a very very funny film dolomite is my name go watch it if you get a chance uh, Sh- uh sean you would like it sharon it's a bit foul mouth. okay so <laughs> i wouldn't like it then <laughs> what, How? what are you it, saying what are you saying it, it, <laughs> it's, it's a bit foul mouth and there are nipples <laughs> oh there are nipples both in dolomite is my name and even more so in dolomite um but it, yeah but uh, the the characters the way they, they the way they spark off each other and it's just what you know how is when you see a film and you just feel like a warm fuzzy feeling towards the characters you want them to succeed for yes yeah yeah, what, yeah you what and this film nails that you just want these people to succeed you want rudy ray moore to succeed and you're so happy I mean, because it's no it's no um secret or no spoiler that he does succeed and you're so happy when he does and the way it's done and what it means to the community and what it means to him and it's it's just so so well done i would give it a four out of five cool. excellent wow. so we haven't really seen much of eddie murphy for a while apart from like donkey and shrek and then we didn't really see him yeah yeah that's um, do you right think this is like a sign that he's sort of gone back in the mainstream more because i don't know what he's been doing the last few years but he hasn't really had many really successful projects, has he, that have hit the sort of mainstream? No, he hasn't. I mean, he's been in a few things here and there, but he hasn't really had many, many things in there. I mean, this this film essentially makes you think, man, I wish he was on screen more. Um, even, yeah. Yeah, it makes, you wish, it makes you think, oh, I wish he was on screen more. I wish we saw more of him because... He's he's an he's an amazing presence. He's a great presence and all that kind of stuff. And it, because he he does like if you ever looked at video footage of Rudy Ray Moore, even if you watch Dolomite, you realize that he doesn't sound anything like Rudy Ray Moore. He doesn't look much like Rudy Ray Moore. But it but it's just kind of like he sort of like runs it through an Eddie Murphy prism. And it's just it's great to see him back on screen. And it's great to see him doing stuff that you think. He actually, you, you feel like he cares about it as opposed to he's doing this because he's getting paid. So it's, yeah, yeah um, uh, I enjoyed watching it. I would recommend it to anybody with the caveats I've already said, nipples, language. Language, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, yeah, it's good to see him back on screen. So yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Right, shall we move on? Good. Yeah, yeah, we move on. Okay, cool. And now we get on to somebody else who has not been on screen for a while, and that is Martin Lawrence in the film Bad Boys for Life on cinema. Now, I'm the only one who's seen this out of the three of us. So what I have done is I have actually phoned up one of my friends who's called, and this uh, this is a name that's going to bamboozle the two of you. Get ready for it. His full name is Wale Awelenje. 
And that silence is exactly what I expected to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be... You know how... It, when, when I'm one of these people who, when I hear a that name, I mentally try to spell that. And yes. I'm thinking, okay, how would I spell that? <laughs> so that way, because if I can visualise it, then I can break it down and think, okay, maybe I'll attempt to say that. But I, I've, got, I've got nothing. I've got some vowels in there, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we do like our vowels. So, well, yeah, well, yeah, so I, I, because he... So we're talking about Bad Boys for Life. Now, this is a series that I'm, I'm going to try and say not too much about it because I've had a chat with him about it and what he thought about the film, which we're going to play. Well, when you're listening to this, it'll play in a second. So it's a film with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. It's the third film in the franchise, in the Bad Boys franchise. And it's um, it, this is 17 years after Bad Boys 2. So Bad Boys And these were made when Michael Bay, our good friend Michael Bay, I would say when he was still making good films. Well, the first one was because the first film, Bad Boys, I think it's a great film. I we watched that film so much because it was it was well it was made at the time when Will Smith had finished. Um, he'd stopped he he stopped the TV show Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Then he came out and he did within a year he did Bad Boys. He did I think probably within a year or a year and a half he did Bad Boys Men in Black and Independence Day. So it was the beginning of Will Smith's. Oh my God, he's a movie star kind of thing. And one of the best things about this film has always been the interplay between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. They make a brilliant, brilliant old couple. So they're police, they're partners in the in the Miami police force, and they, um, but they're pretty much like a bickering old married couple. So everything that they do, they sort of like play off each other, and their chemistry is amazing. So much so that my brother, when I was talking about, oh, Bad Boys for Life is coming out, he was like, you know what? I don't even care. I don't care if this film is bad. I do not care if this film is rubbish. I just want to see those two guys on the screen again, bouncing <laughs> off each other. And I have to be like, and with him, I have to be like, you know what? I totally agree with you. I really don't care what this film is like, as long as these two guys are on the screen and they're bouncing off each other, I'll be happy with it. And it is, but I'm happy to report it's a very, very good film. It's one of the best popcorn rides that you have recently. You know how you have when you have an action comedy film that goes along and just, but it still manages to have like you know a story in there, characters you care about. Mm-hmm. That's what they do with this film, Bad Boys for Life, which I think is possibly the best one out of the two of them. It's definitely better than wow. 2 because Bad Boys 2 was rubbish. Bad Boys 2, that was Michael Bay when he started <laughs> to go off. That, <laughs> that was when he, started to go, when he started to think, I can do whatever I want. And Bad Boys 2 is loud. It's brash. It's not good. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. I mean, I can't remember it that well, but I... I, I pretty sure it's kind of misogynistic but i'll tell you what it, bad boys 2 is almost kind of like a fast and a furious movie that's what it that's what it is but without any of the humor but the bad boys one yeah. good they've turned it up to 11 but not in a good way yes so uh so um so you listen to the discussion i had with wally this is this is a i think it's a good film it's a four out of five for me it has and and i think oh and one thing i have to say is there's a lady called Teresa randall and at the time, she was kind of like... I remember when this one came out around about 1996. Teresa Randall for a while was... You know how Hollywood only says there can only be one of anything at a time? She was the yeah. black actress <laughs> at that time. Right. So if there was going to be something, Teresa Randall was going to be in it. And she was really, really great. And when they said they were going to be making this film, my first thought was, I hope they bring Teresa Randall back. They better bring Teresa Randall back. And so... When the film starts off and her name shows up in the credits, I was like, yay! 
And everybody in the cinema probably thought, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Why is he cheering? Yeah. <laughs> yeah why is he cheering? Why yeah, he... I, I mean, I've never seen the, um, I've never seen any of these. Have you, Sarah? No. Not the bad boys. So, I mean, yeah. I've been aware of them. And, and I was speaking to a friend today who said that it, the first one was absolutely, absolutely first class. Yeah, really, I agree really with enjoyed that. It. And they, yep. they, want, they want to see this one. Um, it Is hasn't it really. It's then, one... If you haven't seen that, at toes, would you say yeah. it was accessible if you haven't seen the other ones? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. the, there's things there's things that they do in there that if you're the fan, if you're a fan of the other ones, you'll be like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, they mentioned that. Oh my god, yeah, I remember that. There's things that they do with that, but generally speaking, I mean, if you haven't seen the other ones, you can follow this story and you can jump straight in, no problem. Cool. That's probably it's not one that I would like rush to see. You, Sharon? Do you think not really? I mean, I will. Well, I'm not an action fan. No, you're not really, except for The Rock. Unless The Rock's in it, and then you are an action fan. Then yeah, I'm a rock fan. Rock fan. Yeah. Well, uh, Dwayne. Let's go. Let's go with Dwayne. Dwayne. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Dwayne Johnson. So, so yeah. I mean, there's a lot more I want to say about the film, but I have to say one thing. I have to say is I think the women in this film, for a film franchise that was originally created to appeal to 13 year old boys, the women in this film are awesome. I want to give a shout out to Kate De Castillo, who is amazing and great and great in this film. And Paolo Nunez, and obviously, obviously, Teresa Randall. Uh, Yay! Yeah, I love the fact that they did that they did something with the women in this film, and then they weren't just sort of standing in the background. It's the focus is on the men, but the women get something to do, and I don't know why, but that means something to me. All right, cool. Yeah, I will stop talking about that now because there is more of a discussion to be had in Wally, which you should hear around about now. Oh, hello to a special Netflix versus cinema discussion or chat. This is going to be focused on bad boys for life. And now I have got a friend with me, and that is because um, the other two on this on this podcast have been lazy and refused to watch anything. Well, they've watched other stuff, but they haven't watched bad boys for life. So I have got a friend of mine, and his name is Wally. Wally, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay. You're right. So now we both grew up in Nigeria. We both um, sort of like going to our whole sort of like nerd film stuff around about the same time when we were around about well, early teenagers, would you say? Is that right? Yes, that is that is absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I, I knew you. Uh, I first met you in uh, secondary school, as it was called back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we if you if you want it, we can get into the whole way the Nigerian secondary school system is broken up into JSS and SSS, and people don't quite actually that might sound bad if you say the SS, but <laughs> but it stood for it stood for junior secondary school and senior secondary school, and uh, and so yeah, that was right about the time that I think myself like my film nerdery sort of started, and you have sort of like parlayed that and you've carried on with the whole nerdery thing. Uh, will you just tell us a, lo- a couple of the things that you're involved in? Um, well, um, at the moment, um, I write for um, a Nigeria-based um, comic uh, book company called uh, Comic Republic, mm-hmm. um, a company that I uh, co-founded with a childhood friend of mine, Judy Martin. We um, print uh, comic books um, aimed at uh, young Nigerians and, of course, people worldwide. Comics are available for free online at uh, thecomicrepublic.com. Um, and um, every now and then I um, babble about movies with a few friends on a podcast called Nerds Notice. Nerds Notice. Nerds Notice. All right, cool. And where can people find a. Uh, so you said comicrepublic.com if you want to have a look at the comics? Yes. 
And so comicrepublic.com if you want to have a look at the comics and nerdsnotice.com if they want to have read some of your writings, I'm guessing. Uh, okay, so Nerds Notice is a podcast, kind of an experimental podcast. So um, if you go to, a, there's a website called nigernerds.com. Uh, okay. It's got the podcast on there. That's Niger, uh, spelled, it's not spelt N-A-I-J-A. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you were saying it's not what? Uh, well, it's not um, it's not a serious podcast, but what podcast is serious these days? <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, I guess we are not one to talk. Quite, quite frankly, we are not one to talk on Netflix or cinema. All right, and uh, I wanted to speak to you because you started talking to on Facebook about Bad Boys for Life. And this is a film, as I said, Sean and Sharon haven't seen. But first up, now, Bad Boys, the original Bad Boys was released around about 1996. This was when we were right in our sort of like secondary school years and i remember this being a big deal back in nigeria because it had will smith in it and will smith was just coming straight off the fresh prince of bel-air tv show he was a hot property everybody in nigeria liked him because we're like hey black man on tv (laughs) And, and so and also with martin lawrence at that time but you you said that you never actually saw the original bad boys movie Yes, that's true. Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, right now, it sounds a bit weird, but um, back then, it actually wasn't unusual um, for people to miss big movies entirely. Um, because something that might sound a bit um, surprising is that it was a very long time before um, the cinema culture actually took off in Nigeria. Yeah, um, was, around the time when we, we were not- young. <laughs> We, yeah, we, around we, the time we when no we cinemas. were young. Exactly. Uh, the funny thing is, there actually was a cinema culture earlier on um, in the sort of early 80s. But around the time when we were young, um, the country was under military rule. Um, and uh, uh, a whole lot of things, almost anything that was sort of based around recreation, just sort of faded away. Yeah. Uh, so th- there were no cinemas while we were growing up. The only way you could watch movies was if you um, were able to get VHS tapes um, of certain movies. So, um, yeah, I, I remember the video The video rental store was king in those days. We didn't have Blockbuster, but we had Video Martin Mega Movies. I remember, well, that was, that was on Lego side anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on, on the bougie side side of town where where Tulsing grew up. Hey, yeah, well, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of my heritage, whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, moving on. <laughs> before before we start a class war. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you you somehow missed because I remember I watched this on this was a VHS uh, a video rental thing watching the first Bad Boys thing. I remember the tape just getting a bit worn out. People just would watch that thing all the time. But you sort of missed it. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I missed it, um, but I wasn't unaware of it because, of course, people watched it. People talked about it. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing then growing up. you um, There wasn't really a sort of anti-spoiler culture at the time. <laughs> um, and Yeah. And I think that was partially due to the fact that at the time, 
there was no guarantee that you would watch every single movie. I mean, you, you, there were some movies that you just accepted you might never watch in your lifetime. So you would sort of badger your friends to tell you every single thing about it. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. And they just, yeah, they just uh, tell you the entire movie. As a matter of fact, I tend to remember you, Tosin, were very good at sort of narrating entire movies um, with, with, with getting a lot of the dialogue um, eerily accurate. Um, which, which um, I must say, is, is a talent that I, I, I see you're yet to put into use. Oh, good Lord. You, oh, you're giving me such a total flashback right now. I totally remember this, like, gathered around, and everybody just saying, this is what happened in the movie. I pretty much reenacted the entire film in the playground or in between lessons. Because people, yeah. didn't, people they, I, think, I think I cared about knowing what happened, but loads of people, you're right, just did not care about knowing what happened in the films. So... So, with, okay, with that being the case, what made you want to actually watch, um, uh, why did you decide to go watch Bad Boys for Life? Seeing as you, you have, um, a, you, from what you explained to me, you have a very sketchy grasp of the entire franchise, quite frankly. Well, um, I'm not a Bad Boys fan, so to speak. Um, maybe I am now because this movie was so good, so I'll yeah. probably go back and uh, watch the earlier ones. But I do consider myself um, a sort of um, semi-casual Will Smith fan. Okay. Um, so I've I've gone out to see everything new that he's done, um, and I found myself sort of liking the movies that he's done, even the bad ones. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm an apologist for terrible movies like After Earth. Um, I tried my best to be an apologist for Gemini Man, but I just can't. Um, so I just sort of went to watch it because uh, Will Smith was in it, and I just sort of thought uh, it, it would be nice just kind of watch him try his best once again. Um, and I was I was pleasantly surprised that I, I, I enjoyed myself. Okay, so tell me, what do you like about Bad Boys for Life then? Um, okay, so um, first of all, there's the fact that it seems um, after several false starts um, and several missteps, Hollywood seems to be getting um, to, to be finally understanding how to um, do the whole passing the baton without um, insulting what has come before. Okay. Um, sort of thing where um, I, I'm not a bad boys fan, yep. but I could see that um, one of the one of the one of the primary themes of this um, show was the fact that okay, these guys are not as amazing as they used to be, they're not as um, they're not as skilled as they used to be, they're not as competent as they used to be, and there's a new bunch um, of of young. Um, operatives coming up, they've got new ways of doing things and yeah. they're going to quote-unquote replace them. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. I didn't get the sense that it was sort of slapping the face of um, the fans who loved the way um, the old movies were. Um, I understand they were Michael Bay movies, so I can imagine they were probably very politically incorrect and oh, all that kind of thing. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can just imagine that was the case. I, I haven't watched them, so I don't know. Well, but well to be to be honest with you, I was I was going to let you finish, but I'll, I think I'll say this now: the first Bad Boys movie was Michael Bay early in his film directing career 
when I think he had somebody who was putting some sort of brakes on him, who was who was sort of challenging some of his things. So it was J- Jerry, it was uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson who 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 produced the first movie, and I feel like they actually sort of curbed the worst of his instincts. So the first Bad Boys film is actually quite good. The second Bad Boys movie. That came after Michael Bay had made, I think, Armageddon and all that. And he just had like, you know, I think he'd had Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon. And then people were like, oh my God, he's a genius. Let him do whatever he wants. And the second Bad Boys movie is a lot more what you've just said. Essentially, if you think about Michael Bay and the problems with Michael Bay, the second Bad Boys movie might be about the re- might be about the bit where the, it just it started creeping in because the second one is not that great. So, yeah, carry on. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that's basically that. I mean, in this case, uh, what you had was sort of a, the natural aging process. I mean, we saw Martin Lawrence yeah. um, sort of embracing uh, um, his sort of changing role in the world. Like, okay, I'm not such a, I'm not, I'm not one of the bad boys anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I need to settle down, manage my family and so on. And then you've got Will Smith, who is sort of like holding on to the past and um, trying to be as, as, as strong as he used to be and so on. Um, and and rather than um, rather than making fun of them, although it is a comedy and it does it does have no problems poking fun at itself. Yeah. Um, rather than sort of denigrating that, it it takes another route, a sort of introspective route, and it shows how the positive aspects of the relationship that these guys had. Um, serve as sort of leverage to move them into their new role. I mean, um, one of the things I loved the most about the movie was how Will Smith um, uh, effortlessly segued from uh, trying to compete with the new young operatives uh, into essentially being their mentor, um, being someone who they learn to respect because of his uh, experience um, and his knowledge, yeah. um, even if his physical capabilities might not all be there. Um, I mean, and um, I think Will himself um, has played that role a few times now. Um, so he fell into it effortlessly. I, I could see him challenge, um, channeling a lot of the energy that he uses on his YouTube channel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Interacting, interacting with his son. Yeah. Um, and I, I noticed he brought a bit of that into Gemini Man as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there, there are there are quite a few there are quite a few there are sort of thematic strands with Gemini Man that I thought, oh yeah, they're bringing that up again. This is probably a better version of the two films that Will Smith was going to play that in the ones that you expect to be big tent poles in the last year or so. This is definitely the better one. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, and that, that's 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 about all I'm going to say about that. So, all in all, uh, how many? If you're going to rate this out of five, how many stars would you give it? Out of five, right? Okay, that that's that. Now that's difficult because, um, okay, I can't deny that I was really happy when I walked out of the cinema. Yeah. Um. So I think so. So it, it passes the gut check. Yeah. test yeah um, and I haven't actually sat down to go okay uh, let me uh, give it a proper uh, analysis what are the themes blah, blah 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 haven't done that yet I just know I enjoyed myself yeah um, I wouldn't give it five stars because uh, there are a few things I think could have been done better um, yeah, there are uh, some for, problems for me, for I me, had with it for me mostly in the third act 
like towards the end i'm like mm, don't like that yeah <laughs> exactly there, no! there were quite a few things exactly <laughs> i was like sort no, of stretching don't, don't do it <laughs> don't do it <laughs> Yeah, sort of pushing the bounds of plausibility. Um, and there are a few things that happen where you're like, okay, this is a bit comic book like this, this, this shouldn't work. <clears throat> and there were a few things that I thought were a little, um, I don't know, I, I just, um, I, I didn't like, the, there were a few things that happened that I, I sort of didn't like the optics of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, and, the, the... And I think I think for me also one of the big things was the <clears> fact <throat> that it ends up it ends up doing something that I absolutely despise in movies, which is sequel baiting. And yes, it ends up doing the sequel well. bait, and the sequel bait that they that they, <laughs> that they put down. I'm like, um, uh, well, okay, cool. If you do end up making another one of these, that is not a film I want to see. <laughs> there, there are there are there are films that there, there, there's ways you could go with this and sequelize this thing and i can think of other ways in which i would like to see other films but not that one <laughs> and, and yeah I'm like, I'm like that one just raises way too many questions i know this is an action movie and everything like that but at some point you have to talk about some sort of moral consequence to what's going on and the movie that exactly and the movie that you are touting at the moment is it's not quite i mean it depends on how you do it but you're going to work very hard to not make it morally bankrupt so. Exactly. So, so I think I think you've sort of you you've driven to the heart of the problem that I have with the that when you get to the end of the movie, uh, the movies is rather uh, in the early parts of the movie, it's very clear about um, its message. It's like okay, yeah. these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. The bad guys are bad. The good guys are good, um, and the bad guys are doing bad things, and we hope they get punished for it. Um, and then when it gets towards the end, it, it then starts to go oh, but then this oh but now that oh now because this we can excuse all these things <laughs> yeah um and we will then also not excuse all those things for this other person yes. because yes. of the way they are behaving to this person that yes. we the yes. audience like yeah. and because we like them yeah that absolves them of all wrongdoing uh, I, 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 mean, I, I think uh, it, it starts off being a brilliant one of the best made popcorn rides i think i've had in a while <laughs> that that does not involve people in spandex and does not involve the world ending or anything like that or half the world people in the existence being snapped out of existence it, it exactly <laughs> it starts off being like one of the best popcorn rides and you're like this is just great this is and i think will smith and martin lawrence their chemistry is undeniable and to quote my brother who said before this film he was like i don't even i don't care if this film is rubbish i just want to see those guys back on screen <laughs> together and i totally agree one with thing you. what one thing I will say is this movie has been an excellent advertisement for the other two movies. Um, <laughs> I love their dynamic, and I just can't wait to see the, how well they got on when they were younger. The, the dynamic, it's really good in the first one. It's a bit labored in the second one, but that's because Michael Bay, I don't know, had issues. <laughs> by, by the time the second one came around, he really thought he was the king of the world. But anyway, I've got to let you go. How many stars would you give it? Four. Four. All right, cool. I think that's round about the oh, same. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. 
Three and a half. Three, three and, and a half. half. <laughs> three since, and since you reminded me about the ending, I, I have to knock off half a star. Three and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I would have to go around about four. But it's the the yeah there uh, yeah mm, sheesh. But anyway, great performances all around. And Katie De Castillo, my woman. That woman is awesome. But amazing, amazing. <laughs> she was the best. That woman the is best awesome. thing about the movie. That woman is. Awesome. <laughs> I think essentially for a film that's called Bad Boys and has always been very sort of like you know the kind of essentially it was originally made as a franchise to appeal to thirteen year old boys. For for a film that's done that, some of my favorite things are the women in the film. <laughs> <laughs> the women in the film, <laughs> so it, it's uh, uh, which I think it's is good because I seen as a lot of the film is about maturing. There's a lot of stuff in there that's about the characters themselves maturing, and I think even the franchise maturing and going, yeah, you know what, those thirteen year oh. boys might have grown up a bit. Uh yeah, but uh, Will is uh, pushing fifty, isn't he? Yeah, 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 I think he might be over. <laughs> but whisper it, whisper it in case the Hollywood gods hear. In case the Hollywood gods hear, go what? What? Okay, We're thank still- you very much. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for the opportunity, Tozi. No problem, man. Or chat soon. And now we will carry on with our Netflix stuff, or Netflix and friends stuff. And this is Sean. Sean, you're going to talk to us about the furthest. I am. Yeah. The farthest, actually. The farthest. See now, there was uh, yeah, the farthest. They call it. This was. Um, I actually saw this on Amazon. It's a, it's an Amazon one. Yep. Um, and it was more of a documentary because way back in 1977. Yep. Um, oh, well, they uh, way back in 1977 they launched these the Voyager probes basically, which were to they were uh, these ones that were to discover the planets, discover the outer planets. Yeah. And they sent these two off, Voyager one, Voyager two. And uh, this is the story of, like, the satellite, the furthest, Voyager 2. It's gone, it's now travelling interstellar. So it's gone beyond our solar system. It's the first ever thing. And on the way, they looked at all the outer planets, so, and, and some of the moons. And this is the story of the whole, because, I mean, it was around in the 70s, the space programme, you know. I mean, the yeah. fuel is is done by the, like, if you look at the actual satellite, the fuels they've used nuclear power so that because it, it lasts for for thousands of years. So, but they were so this is the whole documentary, and they talk to the people. Carl Sagan, you've heard of Carl Sagan? Oh yeah, 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 him. Um, and they talk about the um, the because they made this record. They made a record, a gold record, with like uh, 147 different greetings, uh, you know, in Earth's languages, yeah. and um, some sounds and some. So, so, so on this golden disc, you know, like a record, basically a record, they've got all this, all this information, um, and there was even, bit, they've even got like the anatomy of a male and a female, and so, there was a lot of con- that during that time, they like, they like saying a lot of people were saying, no, we can't send them, we can't send them out, you know, that's they're they're disgusting, and then nothing. I mean, they're really, really sort of super mild. They're just like a, a naked man out. Uh, and a naked woman sort of holding their hands up to say hello um so 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 is the focus of the documentary about uh, about them sending the probe up is it like how they send the probe up or is it like what it meant at the time or is it like what well yeah no it it actually goes it actually goes past the planets so So you see the footage and it says yeah so basically and then when when they get near the planets they 
they, they say, oh yeah, it takes a photo every so they obviously speeded it up, but you yeah. can actually see the planets getting small and then getting gradually getting bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger. Yeah, as your orbit goes and, back and forth. And yeah, and and then they 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 had two two different types of cameras, like a long one and yeah. a, a more focused one, and obviously you had all these people on the on the the mission control, you know, putting putting all the pieces together. To so see we see like. all the pictures of Jupiter's rings, see, and we yeah. know that, that oh, we found man. out that they were made up of loads of little tiny rocks, didn't that, we? That sort yeah, of thing. That, that sort of thing. Yeah, and they found out that that actually Neptune has got rings orbiting it as well. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame, really. My favourite planet, Uranus, which I really really <laughs> like, wasn't wasn't very exciting. It was just like a, a, a blue ball, yeah. yeah. And they, but what, a couple of the moons of Uranus were quite. Uh, um, why is that your favourite planet? I don't know why. Perhaps it's named after because uh, like the moons are named after something in the Tempest, and I've always yes, liked they Miranda are, from, the, from the from yeah. one called Candlebar. But yeah, so and this moon, there's a certain moon there called. They don't mention this in the in the documentary, but there's a moon called Miranda, which is just like totally weird. It's yeah. like loads of. They do mention it slightly, but you know, it's like just it's it's not a regular shape. It's all a very much irregular shape. But it just, I mean, you know, I mean, I was what. You know, as I say, this, when it was launched, I was like 17. And I, yeah. I mean, space travel, I don't know whatever happened that why it suddenly. We stopped, we stopped being really excited yeah, about it. Yeah, we stopped it, being we? explored. Because I do remember when I was a child mm. in the sort of the 80s and beyond, it was, it was, that was, you know, it was exciting. You yeah. know, the bat, the space, the challenge, there's the space shuttle was go up and down all the time That's and it, it was an exciting mm. time. They, they do mention the time about the Challenger, you know, because obviously yeah. the, the, the accident, so. I guess after that but I mean what was so great about this is it actually worked you know because all the things that could have gone wrong yeah and they've got all this and they were like oh because they were using the planet's trajectory to shoot them off so the photographs of the planets are, are absolutely lovely and the, I just got to say this because before it leaves they were sort of saying because obviously it takes a while to program it and stuff they have all these massive dishes and they wanted it to take a a picture of the solar system looking backwards as it was going out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they said people saying, "Oh, there's no scientific value. There's no scientific value in that." But anyway, in the end, they did. And so, so you look looking back on the solar system, and they couldn't see the Earth. They didn't know where the Earth was. But then, as they examined it more, and it's about the size of a pixel, and they've got this <laughs> lovely, lovely picture yeah. of like in a beam of light saying, "And that is Earth," and it's like a little pixel. <laughs> and it just it just got me really, really excited. But the thing is, I mean, this is, I guess this is where Amazon, Netflix, whatever, comes in quite handy, is. I mean, I've got to be honest, I was watching this while I was travelling. I actually yeah. downloaded it uh, to watch while I, was, as, while I was on the ferry. So, you know, I mean, the, the, the mediums for that are very, very, yes, it's very handy. handy. But this shot, I've still got it. I've got a picture of it now. I've just mentioned about it with looking back at the solar system and yeah. it shows the Earth. You know, tiny little little pixel. You know, they said this is the Earth. Of, and, and we uh, do know that um, Voyager does live in cultural memory, doesn't it? Because yeah. of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Picture, that's it. Yeah, Vega. <laughs> yeah. So, so is is Voyager still out there then? Voyager's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's left us. It's left our solar system. It's does gone. Does it still send back it's, uh, information? Yeah, that, well, th- I mean, it takes a while, but they're hoping it will. But they've sort of. They so sort of said goodbye cheerio. to it, really. Yeah, basically, that's cheerio it. Space it's, rubbish, it's like, or but, now whatever there is. But, or it but it's, called, it's called. In, well, it's got. I think the the half life of whatever fuel they've put in it is is like you know. I mean, we're talking like seventy thousand years or something. Yeah. Of fuel, of nuclear fuel. 
So, I mean, so it's, it's just it's, it's just, like a big thing. If you're looking at it, there's like a huge, there's like a huge tail, and yeah. that's where the, that's like the fuel rods. So, so it's it's just going to keep know. flying and just going to keep flying and just, just going to go flying. yeah and see what happens. So like silent like, running, like silent running. Yeah, so it's like you're exactly right. The first Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah, it was that voyage. Because you remember back, wasn't that it? was it. Yeah, it was to voyage coming back to gather information. Yeah. It had been all this thing. So, so yeah. So I mean. You know, if you're interested in... It probably wouldn't interest people that aren't interested in space travel or anything like that. But, I mean, I found this this quite gripping. I was really, really excited about it. And, I mean, as it goes, you see the pictures, click, 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 as, as the planet's getting nearer, you know. And um, beautiful, beautiful shots, really. Although most of them were in black and white, and they had to put oh. them through. <laughs> so yeah. they took black and white photos because it was, it was, it was a better definition. Okay. Yes. And they discovered... Um, Storm. There's this like massive, massive storm on Neptune, so, which so, is an interesting planet, which would like is as big as you could put like ten Earths in this storm, <laughs> and it just constantly moves around. Yeah. So. Okay. So, so, yeah. Brilliant. So. So four sure. star for me on this one. Four star. Yes. Four star. And you yeah. reckon that even if people are not really, really into the space travel, um, they they will still get something from this. They might, they might get something from it. They might, you know. I mean, I think it. it to me, it was more of a, a something you could watch on maybe BBC Four. That it, it was. It's, yeah. it's really a documentary, basically. But some of the footage is great, and everybody's really excited and upbeat. You know, and they said, "And oh, wow!" And when we discover, you know, like you, you know, like we're wow. You know, they they they've got all the different yeah. people that were doing the mission controls, and you can actually see them when they're younger, and the mm. and then they're, they're obviously re- when yeah. they're older. You know, and. Uh, but yeah, no, that shot of looking looking back at the solar system, that was something else. Yeah, so four star for this. All right, cool. But it's a documentary. All right, cool. So moving on to going back to cinema. But I mean, documentaries are good. I mean, one of your favorite films of last year, where I remember you waxing lyrical about it, was, uh, well, there were two documentaries, Diego Maradona and Apollo 11. Once again, with the space yes. thing. And you, you were like absolutely raving about those. So as far as I'm concerned, yeah. documentaries are films. So, so yeah, yeah. I so, think so. If you're a document, you know, make documentaries. You're a filmmaker, aren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, right you know, now, still, still the. Okay, sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, because Sean, I can see that you will go on if we let you. You will yeah. go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh, uh, Sharon. Now you haven't said much because obviously I haven't watched well anything. So what we're going to yeah. do for the next two things, which is going to be a hidden life. This is round three. A hidden life on cinema against Vox Lux on Netflix and. Um, we're going to let you ask questions. So, first of all, there's like hidden. A hidden life is something that Sean has seen. So, Sharon, ask questions about where you ask questions that will yes make you figure out whether a you want to life. see this film what or not. Is it about? I, I, I is this the one? Um, I've just seen a Sean's just showing me his um, computer here to say it's set in 1939 in Austria. Um, a tenant farmer, a Franz Jaugerstatter. Um, who's lives in this rural life he basically does not want to become a nazi is that right to summarize it to summarize it yeah and so what options if you don't want if you don't join the party or if you don't want to cooperate with the new einschluss and all that what options are you left with what happens to this chap okay okay so this is basically a story is obviously the war outbreaks they've done you know austria is is obviously incorporated into the the greater reich um, and these these there's this it starts off there's this this village which is you know a, a be- it's just 
you know, like a farming community, like a small, alpine, com- yeah, alpine, advert. basically yeah. beautiful. You know, it's got the mountains in the backgrounds, yeah. and there's a lovely valley, and everybody, you know, they've got like a water mill and everything, and it's all, um, it's very happy. You know, everybody really likes each other and all that sort of thing. Anyway, when the war comes on, they're, they're basically called up to do their basic training. Um, so this group and uh, this chap is one of them, and they do the basic training. But obviously, France falls, and it's all quite good, so they get demobbed if you like and they're allowed to go back home so you get another another section of him and, and you know he has children he's, he has like three little girls and it's obviously I mean this is a Terence Malick film so it's like the Thin yeah. Red Line and Badlands and all those so this, you know you've got massive massive beautiful vistas mm. um, you know sometimes they linger a little bit too much I think well I can imagine I can imagine if it's Terence Malick it's going to be a bit of a slow film yeah, yeah. So it's 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 quite a slow movie, but it's um it's quite interesting. Anyway, and then basically things are going a little bit the rise of the Reich. Yeah, that so things are starting to go bad. So uh, the people from the village are obviously getting their call up uh, papers, but they have to swear to Adolf Hitler. And I mean, he's he's he doesn't. He just this guy just. Is this a matter of conscience or is it religion? Is he it's conscious? Yeah, he just thinks it's just doing a matter of conscience things. that he yeah, does yeah. not support. He won't support. So Hitler. anyway, he get, he is there just any reason why? So if there's no one reason. He's just he's, he just thinks they're doing terrible things. He just ab- yeah, he just doesn't agree with with the, with the thing, okay. and he doesn't want to swear to to Adolf Hitler. So, and I mean, he you know he goes to the priest and he sort of you know says what you're going to do and he says well you know you know this is going to cause trouble and all that he says well i'm still going to he says what well, you work in a hospital or anything like that he said no i don't want to do any work for the right so so there's no room for like conscientious objectors then in this in the right oh, no 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 <laughs> that's it they're quite bad but anyway he goes off to training yeah. and they all like the people there are saying you know we'll swear to adolf hitler um i swear but he won't so as they're walking along the, the officer's walking along the line and he says you know, he, he won't do it. He won't do it. So they obviously beat him up, arrest him. They put him in prison. It's not like a concentration camp or anything. It's just like a normal prison in Berlin. Yeah. They ship him off to Berlin. And uh, he goes to see, like, the priest. And the priest says, look, you know, the, the church is, you can say what you say, say stuff. But, you know, in your mind, you don't have to do it. The, the, it won't, you know, the church won't condemn you because he's, he's obviously Catholic, right. I suppose. The church won't condemn you. You know, say it, say it. And just think what you want, but he can't even bring himself to say it. He's got a lot of okay. a lot of morals. And then so he gets the put on trial, and he gets the lawyer says to him, "Well, why don't you say you work in hospital? Sign this, and I could probably, you know, you know, you could you could do some work." Uh, but he won't. He t- totally, totally refuses to do it. But he's allowed to write to his wife. So throughout the film, you get these. these he's writing his letters to his wife, and it goes, and you see the the. It goes back to the village, obviously, and reading. But his wife and all the children are just absolutely ostracised. You know what I mean? They don't. They're yeah. like the villagers spit, spit at them and all stuff like that. And there's one scene which is really, really sad, where the little girls want to play with other little girls as like yeah. a possession, and the, little, the other children don't want to sort of talk to them and throw stones at them and stuff like that. So, so yeah, sorry, Toast, gone. So, so, if I may, because I mean, this is something that obviously is Terence Malick, and it's but it's been made. It's it's pretty much about the rise of Nazism in Germany, but from a German perspective, because this film is in German, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so it's it's yeah. it's in German. It's not in English. No. Okay. Uh, and it, because it's something that I've been wondering, it's almost kind of saying that look, there were other people, there were people in Germany at the time who were not Nazis. 
So because of, of, I know a lot of times when they make a World War Two movie, it's very it's done very black and white, us and them, that oh German equals Nazi, and it seems it sounds like what you're saying is that in this film it's trying to show a human story of somebody who just say like look not everybody was happy with what Hitler was doing in Germany. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was um a, he yeah. was imprisoned for his sort of refusal to refusal, yeah. to. I mean. You know, it's it's quite interesting the process because I mean, it's not like when he's when he's in prison. I mean, and he actually goes to court. It's not like it's it's a proper trial. You know, it's not like a, a all right, okay, you're guilty. We're gonna do this to you. It was a proper trial. We had it was a military tribunal actually. So there's like all these judges. Yeah. And he actually goes and talks to the general. I think Sharon, you would probably enjoy this film. As but as a film, I I I want to see. Yeah. So I. You know, you know, it's um, but it didn't come to the island. Obviously, I saw this, saw this on the main. Yeah. So oh, okay. I was about to start going for one of my rants about how the films get to the island, but they don't get up here. Why is it not coming? Yeah. So this yeah. didn't, this didn't come to, this didn't come to the island. You know, this was, this was in Bournemouth. I saw this in Bournemouth. Yeah. So you know, because obviously with the football and, I mean, it, so you know, I mean, I've got, I've got to say, it's a shame that they don't show some of these things, really. You know, because I've, I'm sure there would be a market for them. You know. Yeah. Really? Oh, we just have to get Netflix on it. Netflix, give Terrence Malick some money yeah. and we'll Netflix will get this thing soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, uh, well, how many stars did you give it? Okay, well, as I say, uh, I mean, I think this is, for me, this is Terrence Malick. You know, he's starting to. Um, I, I really like Badlands. I really like the Thin Red Line. Some of his other stuff that I saw, The Tree of Life. Mm, I wasn't. wasn't <laughs> that, was like a, that was more. I don't know about that. I, the tree, tree of Life was like. Is well, is is, well is he is he starting to become a parody of himself? Uh, possibly, possibly, possibly. But I mean, I thought the film was 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 beautiful. It's beautifully shot, and it was quite interesting, and it kept me engaged. I didn't get too bored, so. I would, I would probably give this a four. Okay. All right. One more question: Is it based on a real person? Yes, it is. It's it based is, on yes, a real definitely person. Definitely based on a real and so person. So based on his real own letters or his yeah, real his letters. letters. There's his... a book. There's a book about it that right. was written, which is the letters that he sent to his wife and he sent back. Oh, because I say, because the interesting thing is, it is a prison. You know, it's like a prison yeah. story, but it's not a concentration camp type prison. It is an actual proper, proper prison and a proper trial and possibly before they build the concentration camps. But no, 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 no. They would have been 40s. built and all that, so but this is post yeah. Mm. But this is not. This is not. Um, this is you know. This is like a military. Uh, well, it's just like a normal prisoner, you know. And he's, yeah. he's he's been thrown in a prison with a cell, and you know they have the wander, you know, wandering around and that. And there's a bit where he goes, oh, if the man with the top hat comes, who's obviously the executioner, and you know we know someone's someone's yeah for the yeah no it's 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 it's, it's you know, some people might find it a bit long, but it is visually stunning, yeah. and I think he's back to his back to his form. Yeah, oh. so I'm, oh, I'm going to give it a four. To track me stand, then hopefully, well, it probably will have to wait till it's, it's on a platform. Actually, yeah, but I think it would be right up your street. Oh, I so wish good. we'd, I was so wish I'd have seen it for yeah. you. Yeah, okay. been like when we went to see Barry Lyndon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, um, there's a website that I think if anybody is into films, that it's actually quite cool, especially if your film is based on a true life story. is a is a website worth knowing. It's called History versus Hollywood. So you can type okay. in history versus Hollywood and you can type in any film and you can see what in the film actually happened and what they made up. 
yeah. I think I think there's a YouTube thing about that as Is well. There? I've yeah. got a book I had I bought years ago. It's called that was called Past Imperfect. Right. And that was basically how certain key events are shown on screen and the differences between this is what really happened and this is how it's portrayed. I think I might have that, Sharon. I think I lent it to you and I don't know if I ever got it back. No, I've got it somewhere. But, well, I'll give you it back. I do. You don't I, have yeah, to. I mean, I'm going to be on well, well, no, no, no. It's pretty mean, but I'm pretty sure I've got it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah, you give me to it years ago. Must be. Oh, about 10 years ago. About 10 years ago, yeah. yeah. It's so, a, it's I'm sure. It's oh, Netflix. That, we mate. talk Netflix. We talk cinema, and we also do detective work to figure out where Sharon's yeah, books it. have gone. Out, it has worked out <laughs> really well. I have so many books of mine have gone, but I don't, I'm, I'm philosophical mm. about it. You know, a book exists this. beyond outside of my grasp. Right. So yeah. if it's been read, or if it's something enjoyed by someone, it's you know, it's, it adds to the life yeah, of that yeah. book. Yeah, that was when we first, probably when we first yeah. first met. I should think yeah. um, uh, it was. Do you know what? It's really weird how coincidence happened. Today's been a day like that. <laughs> because I just happened to go in the staff room and someone was had like a PowerPoint up about Cromwell. Well, this morning, oh sorry, on Monday on Start of the Week, which is Radio 4 at 9 o'clock, this was thing was all about Cromwell and, and Richard Cromwell and all that. And I said, <laughs> I said to this, this lady teacher, the history teacher, I said, oh, you know, oh, you're doing Cromwell. There was this thing on that. And she looked on her phone. She said, oh, yeah, I'm going to play it. That's brilliant. Oh, thanks. Do you know, it's just one of those like... yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, happens. It so just yeah. happens. So you found. I had a book. conversation today about Cromwell by Bizarrely, yeah. Oh wow! Small world, small world. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> are we ready to go into a final film? Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No problem, no problem. Don't worry. There's sometimes, as I say, I just give up trying to sort of like keep us on track. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a nice, interesting rabbit hole. Let's go down there. So, that's it. Sometimes it's nice to, um, yeah, you know, go off in different tangents. It's color and flavor. Yes, yes, it is. All right, cool. So, Sharon, now we go into our final film, Vox Lux. Do you have any questions you want to ask me about this to figure out whether you're going to queue it up on yes. your Netflix? <laughs> okay, I have never heard of it. It's not one of the ones because I haven't even turned on my Netflix account this week. So normally you tend to get the same. You've got to watch this because you've watched something completely unrelated recently. Yeah. Um, or you get the trailer that auto play. So is this an auto play trailer or is this one that you've gone and found? It's something that I knew about it when it was in cinemas and I never got a chance to watch it. So when it showed up on Netflix, I was like, oh, yes, that. I want to see what that yeah. was all about. Oh. Oh, cool. So it's not a Netflix original then. It's, it's something that's had a previous... It's release. not a Netflix original. This is one of those things that when Netflix comes into its own, where, as Sean says, like, for instance, A Hidden Life, we're not going to really see that in many cinemas. Not many people are going to get to see it in the cinema. So it will have a short run in cinemas. It will show up on Netflix, and then that's when you can finally get to see all the you vistas... You get to enjoy it. ...on a tiny screen, so the way Taz Malek intended. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you just have to peer at it and what's that over there? Yeah. So what's, what's Vox Lux about? Vox Lux is about, um, it is one of these sort of edgy, challenging films. that It starts off, and it starts off with a girl going to school and all that kind of stuff. And then when she's in school, she meets up with a teacher. She gives the teacher an apple. Then one of the, one of the, um, one of the classmates comes into the place, and the teacher says, Oh, yeah, there you are. What are you doing here? And he says, My name is whatever. Says what his name is. And then he brings out a gun and shoots the teacher. Then, oh, hello. Yep. And it essentially becomes about, there's this school shooting that happens where a lot of the students get shot. This girl who you see to begin with, her name is Celeste. She gets shot, but her and her sisters, are they're always writing songs and all that. And while she's recovering, they have a, a night vigil for all the people who get killed. 
And she and her sister, she stands up to give a speech, but she says, I don't really know what to say, but my sister and I wrote a song. So she sings this song at the vigil. It gets recorded. It goes up onto YouTube. And then she becomes a national celebrity because she sort of like encompasses the way the nation feels because of this one song that she sung. And everybody's like, yeah, she just captured our hearts then. Sure enough, somebody goes, all right, cool. Now we're going to take this and we're going to make this, um, we're going to take this song and we're going to we're record it properly and we're going to do all the, all the other songs and we're going to make it into a star. So essentially, it turns into a kind of film where it's all about how you make a star but the in, and about how I think almost it's a commentary on how nowadays all you have to do is go viral with one thing and then you can spin fame out of that. Only thing that is this this word this was a school shooting, and at and then they you spin fame out of that. So it it goes a bit weird, and you have this voiceover done by Willem Dafoe that's telling you when Celeste was a kid, blah 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 blah, and all that, and then it switches where it goes to when Celeste is an adult, and now Celeste is played by Natalie Portman, who has a daughter who is played by the same actress who plays Celeste when she's a kid. Does this make sense? Yeah, it's, yes, it makes sense. But I'm trying to think, that sounds, it sounded off really good. And I was thinking, well, that sounds really interesting. Now, the more it goes on, it sounds more and more inappropriate. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, that just sounds really just wrong. But and maybe it's just an exploration of something that is uncomfortable, that the nature of fame. Well, yeah, and I think that the, that that's the, the thing with this film is that it's not entirely clear what it's about you watch it and you feel like it's about many different things but so it touches on the nature of fame it touches on the uncomfortable nature of how we can spin anything into fame it touches because the film actually right at the beginning of the film what uh, what happens is that you see um some people who wear masks like celeste wears on her first album and then they go and they have a mass shooting on a beach and then, so there's this sort of like, you know, thing about the fact that she became famous because of a shooting, quite frankly. And now from her fame, people are sort of like wearing her masks and going and shooting more people. And, but that isn't really explored. And it's, it's, it's almost kind of like this whole thing was made as an acting exercise for Natalie Portman. Because once Natalie Portman shows up, she does this whole New York thing and she just chews up all the scenery. And there isn't really a plot of anywhere that you're going, but it's kind of going towards a place where it's about her doing a concert. But the concert doesn't particularly have any significance. It's not like it's the final concert of her career or anything like that. And there's the whole idea of how she's having to change and do things differently because she's trying to stay relevant. So there's some bits where it looks like they're talking about Madonna. There's some bits where it looks as if she's a bit Lady Gaga-ish. The ending of the film, the final scene of the film is just kind of weird. It because you're just kind of watching it going, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good, but where are we going? Where are we going? Oh, 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 good Lord, the film's ended. What? <laughs> <laughs> and she just, it just sort of left going, okay, wh- what was all that about? Why, why did we do all that? Why was that all there? So it is an interesting film. I mean, I would I would say it's an interesting film. Natalie Portman is great in it, um, but it's kind of like you, know, you ever watch a film where you think, "Oh, that person is great." I'm just not sure what she's being great in service of. Mm. Yeah, and it, it, it's uh, I'm not sure what the point is, and it's a film that doesn't seem to either. It doesn't know its point, or it doesn't want to tell you what its point is. Either that's part of the thing, and it's yeah. So it's it's a it's a weird one. There's some interesting things in it. It's challenging in some areas. I 
quite liked it and was frustrated by it at the same time. Any more questions? <laughs> well, it just sounds almost like someone had like a stream of consciousness sort of session where they thought, what if, what if this happened and then that happened and then this led to that and then this led to that. And then any one of those ideas might have been a good film, but all of them in the same film made it sound a bit more muddied. It it so, hangs. Um, well, the thing is, I think, okay, the stream of consciousness thing definitely with Natalie Portman because once she shows up on screen, she hardly shuts up for the entire rest of the running of the film. She just keeps talking. She just keeps talking for the rest of the film. You have other characters like Jude Law is in the film as her as the manager. It's And I think the, the, the central thing of the film holds together a bit better. Her character is a bit like that. There's a bit sort of scattergun all over the place. The central thing of the film holds together a bit better than that, but you're not entirely sure what it's trying to say. It is... Mm. It, and so... I think it's a it's a it's a curiosity. It's a curiosity. It's a very engaging curiosity, but you end up not being sure what it is they're trying to tell you. So um, I would give it a three out of five. Okay. Yep. That sounds oh. like a reasonable perfect assessment. timing. <laughs> perfect timing. It's almost as if I have the timer right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, yeah, I would give it a three. I mean, it's it for some people it could be a four, but I think I think I would have to go down on a three because it's really really intriguing, but it doesn't quite carry it all the way to the end. But uh, I mean, hey, if you guys want to watch it and let me know what you think, I that'd be uh, cool. Yeah, uh, maybe. I'll, 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 yeah, I we'll don't see. know. I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd probably rush to to see it no. yeah it's it's not one i would say rush to see it because it's a way i think it's more kind of like you know yeah when you when you when you're when you're in the mood for something a little bit weird a little bit <laughs> a little bit unconventional that's like me most of the time so perhaps i will <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah. did like neon deep did you ever see neon demon toes no i never did i never did i heard no. i heard what it was about I, like I heard what it was about and i was like that doesn't sound like my kind of thing no i did enjoy that so I did yeah. like Neon Demon. I heard it's about models becoming cannibals. So <laughs> it is something like that, yeah. Something along those lines. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. So a bit, all... a bit of the Countess Dracula thing. What? So yeah. No. I, I, sorry. I was just thinking that when you said about um, cannibalism, it was maybe yeah. The reason for cannibalism is there was an old film called Countess Dracula with Ingrid Pitt. I think it must have been a nineteen seventies film where she was a vampire, but yeah. she had to bathe in the blood of virgins the beauty is the beauty to keep the mm. beauty you know so Ooh. yeah anyway sorry let's uh, go on <laughs> yeah, let's get back to where we should be <laughs> no problem so all that's left is actually it was, yeah. it was like the other day I was talking to someone and there was a film that they'd never heard of a, a question came up in a quiz and it was the Egyptian clay thing that comes to life if you do incantations which is a golem a golem yeah and I said there was a Roddy McDowell film with yeah. and they were like nah never heard of it never heard of it I said yeah it was called It and we looked it up, and sure enough, there it was. And they go, well, I'll be damned. And I'll be 1971 or something it was. I knew I'd seen it. With old Roddy McDowell. Sorry, Roddy McDowell. Yeah, Roddy, Roddy McDowell, yeah. Caesar in... Um, yeah. Apes. I know him from... Yeah, yeah, playing on the Apes, yeah. tangent again. I'm off on one. Let's get back. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Now, Sean, come back to us. Come back to us. Get back, get I'm back. back. I'm back, I'm back. back in the room. Whether, the whether room. it's Patricia or Kevin or whichever one of you it is, come back. Yeah, be back at Patricia. I, I think that was Kevin for like that was Kevin 30 seconds. For about 30 seconds there, yeah. wasn't it? All right, so 
who do you think has won this week? I reckon it's a tough call this week. I'm trying to think. They had a few fours in there. Mm. I'm trying to think, where were the fours spread? I think it was cinema. I'm, I have to agree with you this time, Sharon. But I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if it's like any pretty even. I'm going to call it a draw. Oh, and Sean gets right at the end. It is a dead oh. heat. It's a dead heat because we on both of them we had two fours and a three on cinema and two fours and a three on Netflix. So Richard Jewell had a three. Bad oh. Boss Life had a four. A Hidden Life had a four on the cinema side. Dolomite is my name had a four. The Furthest had a four, and Vox Lux had a three. Given everybody, oh, wow, yes, yeah. Yes. Even Stevens. Even Stevens. So yeah, we are happy with ever which whatever which, whichever one you go this week. We say you will have a good time. Go watch any of these; it'll be good. But it's actually quite a high-scoring week, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So all that's left to say is a goodbye from me. A goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. We will see you guys next week when I think we would have been would have seen David Copperfield by then. Besides that, I have no oh, idea. Yes. Yeah. yeah, besides that, I have no idea what's that, what else is out on the cinema. No. I mean, I'm a, I'd probably try and catch Bad Boys, I think, maybe just to see. Yeah, yeah. So I can give you my opinion. Because th- I've not seen the others, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to see the others for this, but I think, Sean, I think you'll enjoy this. Especially when he talks about when he talks about um, action heroes getting older. <laughs> it's cool. <quite, laughs> it's quite... It's That's quite, me, that. It's, it's, I'm an action hero. Did you know, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting older. It's it's quite funny with the things it does, and I and I do think that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. The thing is, like, uh, there's things in this film that I don't like, especially towards the end. They, they do some sequel baiting that really, really get on my nerves. But having um having Will Smith and Martin Lawrence beside each other, wise cracking of each other, almost they makes just it, work. It just works. It pretty much makes up for mm-hmm. it. But yeah, Sean, you go see it so that we can talk about it again later. But anyway, okay. goodbye from me. And me. And me. I think we've already done this. But anyway, goodbye. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye. See ya. Bye.